Good morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're watching. My name is Bishak Canyon. Welcome to Daily Devoted. I got to start off this episode by uh, giving a shout out to uh, two people. Uh, one, a good friend and my old college roommate. His name is Jeff. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the description in case uh, some of you guys want to uh, meander over to his page. Um, he has a lot more followers or uh, subscribers than I do, but I want to give a shout out to him because I've been having some audio issues. And it's really frustrating when you when you get to the editing portion and you think you've done everything right and then you realize that somehow you screwed up the audio. I'm sure it was user error, but he he recommended this new microphone to me. You guys see it in, right here in front of me. Um, and the setup has been easy. I've been wondering, like, man, why is it that I don't have, you know, a million subscribers? It must be the audio. So thank you, Jeff, for the recommendation. Uh, now that the audio is fixed, we'll see this thing uh, really take off. I also wanted to thank a colleague of mine. His name is Peyton. Um, we we have a lot of equipment here at the church. And so when Jeff told me about this microphone, I was like, oh, we got a couple of those at church. So I just picked one up that was in his office uh, that was in Peyton's office. And I started I just started using it. So when I when I told him, like, hey, I grabbed that microphone from your from your office thinking that it was a it was church property he was like um well just so you know that's my personal microphone but you can use it as long as you want so uh, thank you Peyton for letting me use it temporarily until I ordered a new one and uh I can use it on my own that being said listen that's the importance of friendship right we all need one another to get by in life it's like that song um remember that song that goes uh I thought it said I get by with a little help from my friends. It wasn't until later that I saw the lyrics said I get high with a little help from my friends. Um, well, we'll go with the I get by part, uh, at least for this episode. All right. Today we're in Acts chapter 15 verses one. Is it Acts 15? Yeah. Acts chapter 15. Verses one through thirty-five. We're gonna take a big, a big chunk of this thing together. And the reason I'm doing it together is because there's there's something that's happening. Um, the seeds of Judaism were sown a few chapters ago after they heard that Peter had visited Cornelius's house, and now we see it kind of rearing its ugly head again. So Paul and Barnabas, they've been out doing their thing, ministering to Gentiles, and people are being saved. And then um, word comes back, the people from the Jerusalem council, uh, men that came down from Judea in 15.1 are saying, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Here we go. Here we go, right? Here's, here's the first thought that popped in my mind as I heard what they said. <clears throat> we can always expect a religious spirit to follow the spirit of God, not because the spirit of God brings it, but it's like it's humanity's way of relating to God is through a religious spirit. So whenever the spirit's been doing work that's within the spirit's control and not within our control, you can bet that a man or a woman or a group of men or women are going to follow soon after and try to put some put a framework under it, try to control it try to ma manage what's happening so that you can package it and deliver it to somebody else. Unless you've been circumcised under the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. It's totally ridiculous, but we see it happening all the time. So what is a religious spirit? 
Well, as I said, a religious spirit is a desire to maintain a right relationship with God through something that you do. In this instance, it was circumcision. Uh, that was a, a command given by God in the Old Testament for all Jewish boys to be circumcised. And so uh, as an act of loyalty and obedience to God, they would circumcise their children. The misunderstanding was that by circumcising your son, your son would inherit eternal life or your son would be saved. But we see that Paul actually dealt with that in Galatians. The salvation came as a free gift before the circumcision. The circumcision was merely an act of obedience. It wasn't a means of salvation. And those of us who aren't part of a Jewish culture, we still do the same thing. This kind of, of religious spirit still follows uh, the work of God. We see it sometimes in important things like church attendance. We see it with prayer. We see it with reading your Bible. It, it happens all over the place. We have a tendency to want to control and manage the means of salvation that God has given us. And so we use religious things, disciplines that were meant to be um, to serve as means of grace. But instead of serving as means of grace, we make them into means of salvation. And, you know, as a pastor, I, I often hear people uh, they'll come to me feeling guilty. I haven't read my Bible in a long time. And so they'll want to start the discipline of reading their Bible as if it's going to change how God thinks about them or, or something like that. Um, or they'll want to start fasting. I got to get right with God. I got to, you know, all these got to's and shoulds. Um, whenever we hear that voice, we can be sure that it's not the voice of God, but it's the voice of the evil one trying to lure us back uh, into a kind of thinking uh, whereby we believe that our salvation and our relationship with God is dependent upon what we do rather than what God has done for us. So how do we counteract the religious spirit? How do we counteract the spirit that suggests I must do something in order to be saved? I must do something in order to be accepted. Well, the, the, the main way to counteract it is to speak the gospel. You know, preach the gospel to yourself if necessary. Whenever you hear the voice telling you that you should or you ought to to do this in relation to God and in relation to salvation, the main thing that you can do to counteract it is is preach the gospel to yourself. The gospel that says that you are accepted in God, not on the basis of what you did, but on the basis of what God has done for you. As Paul said in um in Romans chapter five, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were a sinner, Christ came and died. Not while you were praying or while you were fasting or when you were leading a Bible study, but when you were still dead in your trespasses and sin, Christ came and died for you. And so that means the gospel is the gospel says that because of what Jesus did for us, we've become children of God. So then what role do these disciplines play? What role does scripture reading and prayer and all those things, what role do they play? Well, I like to think of the example of a uh, of an adopted child. You know, maybe some of you were adopted or you've adopted a child. As soon as you adopted that child, they were they are your child or you're part of a new family. If you are the adopted child from that point on. Everything you do is a means by which you would grow closer to the family that you've entered or that family or that child would grow closer to you. So I often think of 
of the challenge of the first time that that adopted child may say, good morning, mom. You know, maybe for weeks they're saying, good morning, Mrs. Anderson. But then one day they decide, you know what? I'm going to lean into who I now am. And I'm going to do that by calling this this lady mom, not Mrs. Anderson like I'm a stranger or Mr. Anderson like, you know, I'm delivering the mail or something like that. But I'm going to say, good morning, mom. Good morning, dad. That decision to say to use those words is a discipline. It's a means of grace that's not changing the child's status, but it's helping the child grow closer and closer and closer. That's why God has given us these religious disciplines, not in order to save us, but in order to help us grow in our relationship with him. So they're gifts that are given to us, not as oughts or shoulds, uh, but as means of, of growth in Christ likeness and growth closer to God. I always think about this hymn uh, by William Cowper called Love Constraining to Obedience. And let me just uh, recite a few of the words for you that I'll say a brief prayer. In one of the stanzas, he says, uh, to see the law by Christ fulfilled, to hear his pardoning voice, changes a slave into a child and duty into choice. You see what he's saying? Because of what Jesus did, my status has changed. I'm no longer a slave, but now I'm a child. Therefore, as a child, I no longer have to, but I choose to do the things that will facilitate a growing relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, as your children seek to live out your gospel, whenever the voice of the evil one, even if it sounds like their own voice, comes in their mind telling them what they should do, I pray God that the word of the gospel would come in like a storm and redeem them and let them live in the freedom that you've secured for them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you live as a child of God today. Peace.